the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast, Season 4. Let's go, baby. Yeah. There was a time I had trouble talking about it. Congratulate them, we know they doubted. Somehow we made it up out the pit, back against the wall. Never quit, traversing through each obstacle. Show a non-believer what's possible. Let nothing they could do stand in between me and my wildest dreams. Let's go. And that come at us, could come in between. Life gave me the worst, yet my side grew so green. We've been down in the dirt, been tossed in the trash. But I never strayed from my path. When we're gone, we ain't looking back. Maybe we were all way too high. Maybe that's our fault. It's going to be a crazy time, but it's going to be a fun time. Life is boring if you don't take some chances and do some things outside the box. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice. All right, all right, all right. Welcome in, everyone. It is May 18th. This is the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast, our rookie preview part two. Let's get pumped up, guys. Seth Wilcock here joining in today. We also have chef, realtor, fantasy football expert, Nathan Polvote, back dialed in today. What's up, Nate? What's up, man? You keep calling me a chef, and I'm honored because I guess I kind of like have to do a cooking show now, but... I'm you all football these days. Book. You are. I get my book, buddy. One of these days, I'm going to cook you guys all a meal. Maybe it'll be at the expo. Who knows? We're going to do it. Great day, though, man. Went to a Rockies game. Got to geek out on some baseball. Now it's time to talk some football. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, Nate. We also have construction manager by day, dad on the daily, and data analyst by night, Scott Rainier. Scott, how's it going out there in Seattle, baby? Good evening. It's windy. You can kind of see it out my window. It's been sunny today, oh. but very, very, very windy. Um, and just a quick shout out, today is the 42nd anniversary of the eruption of Mount St. Helens. Um, and at some point, maybe in a oh. Monday's article, some point maybe in a Monday's article, I will tell my story as to how my family connects to that event. Oh, that sounds like a good one. I'm, I'm looking forward I to I really want to read about this. Yes. Yeah. yeah, looking forward to that, man. RIP to all those lost in that explosion i'm not sure if anyone was but i'm just saying if there was r.i.p to them man. i don't think there were any fatalities no there were not. i think there that's were. pompeii you're thinking of. were there yeah i think i mean it was like 15 a handful of like hikers okay. and people okay. who lived close to the mountain 15 yeah, yeah. 15 r.i.p baby also guys tonight on the show we have a very special guest florida businessman writer for roto baller and the podcast host for high floor football sam the grand salami Wagman, what's up, Sam? Man, that that's that's a hell of an intro right there. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for having me. It's it's been a day for me. I spent the early part of it driving. I'm in Houston now, part of a uh, long work trip, and uh, I've been running around all day. But I'm happy to come on here and talk some rookies with you guys. Old Houston, man. Old H Town. What's good in H Town out there, Sam? Uh, I'm not sure much. It's about 100 degrees here. I'm sweating parts of my body that I don't even want to talk about. Off. And it's it, it's it's been rough. At least in Florida, we got the wind near the water to, you know, offset the heat. But it's all dry. It, it's humid. And I, I hate it out here. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, man. <laughs> uh, be honest here <laughs> well guys tonight on the show we are absolutely loaded we're going to talk about our our rookie wide receiver class and the rookie tight end class we're going to break it down redraft style should you be investing in these guys 
in your 2022 leagues. If you want to hear more about the RB class or the QB class, Nate and I, we broke that all down yesterday. Kyle was with us as well. Um, shout out to Kyle in the back end. Yeah, can we get a little hand of applause for Kyle, man? Absolutely. There we go. Kyle, thank you for your service back there, man. Speaking of Kyle, he's also going to be doing a very important job for us tonight. He's going to be keeping track of comments tonight. If you are subscribed to our YouTube channel, if you're tuning in via YouTube, leave us a comment and we're going to add you to our giveaway that we're doing tonight. It is for Draft Night Out, which is the largest fantasy football draft event in the U.S., baby. I don't know about Canada. I don't know about Mexico. I know those guys over in the U.K., they party hard, so they might be going harder than Draft Night Out, guys. But here, it's going to be in Canton, Ohio, August 13th, part of the Fantasy Football Expo, in the Dome, man. In the Dome. Right? Yeah, man. Like, that's Fantasy Football, you know, Disneyland for us up there. (laughs) Yeah, man. I mean, we get to draft at the Hall of Fame. So, as a football nerd, which I think all four of us here are, like, what an awesome time. And all you have to do is subscribe to our channel, comment, and you're entered for a chance for a free entry into this amazing event. Like, it's that simple, guys. Just just do it, and it'll be a blast. Maybe you can draft with one of us. Absolutely. Shout out to the Cooperative Media Network, our, our guys over there, Dale DeMont from Eat Sleep Fantasy, hooking us up with that. We appreciate it, guys. Um, as Nate said, easiest way you can support our channel, easiest way you can enter this giveaway, subscribe, leave us a comment. We really appreciate all support, guys. Um, Kyle, keep manning that list back there, man. We're going to go ahead and jump into front and center. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give it a chance, you'll be begging for more. Save the spot just for you. We're all somewhere in between. How about you come to the just place? Just try to have some fun. Ain't got to worry about something not for what it means. Come and give me another because the night is young. At least I so thought. Alright guys, let's talk about this loaded wide receiver class. Because Nate, you and I kind of broke down the running backs yesterday. And it was a little bit of dissing just kind of on the class as a whole. Uh, mixed in with the QBs there as well. So, Nate, what are your overall impressions of this wide receiver class we have here in 2022? It's been a loaded couple coming into it. Well, you know, the landing spots are interesting, and I think that's something, obviously, that we're going to kind of break down here. Uh, We saw some players go higher than we thought. We saw some receivers land in places where maybe they're not going to get opportunity for their first season or two, where we were hoping they maybe they would. it's an interesting class to break down. I, I think there's a lot we don't know yet that we're going to find out in the first like three or four weeks of the season about a lot of these guys. Scott, any thoughts? I know you've kind of been breaking these guys down for an, from an analytical point of view the last couple uh, last couple months, really. So, so what was your overall impression when you looked at this class as compared to what's been a loaded 2021 class and a loaded 2020 class as well? I mean, I agree. I think it's it's yet another loaded class. It's, you know, it doesn't, it lacks that just superstar absolute stud like your Justin Jefferson or your Jamar Chase, but it's still fairly top heavy. I mean, you've got, you know, a good 10 receivers that I think can have fantasy relevance in their first few years. So, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how some of these landing spots play out. Some of them were not perfect for fantasy. Some of them were fairly ideal for fantasy. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see how it all plays out. 
Absolutely. Guys, and it starts with the eighth overall pick in the draft. That was Drake London. And we've had a lot of heated discussion in the IBT group chat. Yeah. In the <laughs> IBT group chat, in the uh, IBT Discord. And Drake London is a super interesting prospect here, guys. He profiles as an alpha wide receiver, 6'4, 220. You got to love the frame there. But it's a very high draft capital that not only the Falcons paid for half a year of elite collegiate production, but also what you're paying for in fantasy football right now. He's the wide receiver 33 in underdog drafts. Sam, I want to start with you, man. What's been your overall impression of Drake London? And do you think it translates to the next level here in year one? Well, I think if there's someone that you have to talk about as the guy in this class, like off off the uh, off rip, it's got to be London here because he's he's the guy that's going to get a ton of targets in year one. And the only other person I think in this class that you can say that right, right away and will do a lot with those targets is someone like Traylon Burks who also walks into a ton of production. But they both walk into situations where they have the chance to be the number one target in that offense. Pretty simply, you know, in London's case, the only other person that's there is Kyle Pitts. After that, you got guys like Alden Tate and a bunch of other Jags that really don't make a difference. So for London, you know, he presents a really good target for Marcus Mariota or Desmond Ritter, whoever just whoever wins that QB battle out of camp. Because he, you can just chuck it up to him. He's going to be a guy that not only can he do damage downfield with the contested catches in the 50-50 balls and in the red zone, but he also profiles as a guy who's really good in the short to intermediate area of the field as well, which is kind of a really underrated part of his game. So I'm really interested to see what happens there right away. Like I said, this is a Falcons team that's not going to be winning many games. They're going to be trailing. They're going to be coming from behind. And they're going to have to throw the ball and – I think Drake London can probably easily get over 100 targets in year one, Ooh, and okay. it, it'll depend. Mm. It'll depend what he can do with them, and that that's going to depend a lot on his QB play. But I think that he is set up for a ton of success. Scott, do you worry at all? Marcus Mariota, outside of a Delaney Walker 1,000 yard season, he has never produced a 1,000 yard receiver. Um, very up and down career for Mariota here. If he gets the jump from the go, which I think is most likely, are you concerned at all about Drake London? I mean, I do have some concerns. I mean, that's what I'm saying. There's he's not a he's not like the Jamar Chase. I mean, he he does have his knocks analytically with you know with some of his statistics in college. You know, he he didn't really blow you out of the water in any of the in any of the advanced metrics. Um, but that's why we're not talking about him. You know, he's not necessarily super explosive or really lightning fast. But that's why we're not talking about him as being Julio Jones. You know, we're talking about him as being a really solid receiver. And I am a little bit concerned about Mariota. But with Mariota, if he still has some of that mobility, I mean, one one thing that London excels in is uh, killing zones. And I think one thing he would excel in as well is when a play breaks down and Mariota's scrambling, of finding that space and getting open, like a Tyler Lockett, Russell Wilson type situation. I think he'll be a go-to guy in those scenarios when it turns into kind of more backyard football. You know, Mariota, it's not the best, it's not the most ideal quarterback no. landing spot, but no. I agree with Sam. I, I, I don't see why he couldn't get 100 targets and he's going to play. He's going to start from the get-go. And, you know, it's a bad team. It's going to be a bad offense. But as we've seen in fantasy, that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily kill fantasy production from this from the skill positions well and that's the important part what you just said is it doesn't matter if the team's bad that doesn't kill fantasy production mm -hmm. i i think what does concern me about drake london though here guys is a little bit 
He is good with 50-50 balls, but also 46% of his career receptions in college came within five yards of the line of scrimmage. You know, that's something I'm, I'm not, you know, so sure on from an alpha guy. And he only averaged, uh, you know, he was 241st in the entire college football scene in yards after catch. So he doesn't, you know, average a lot of yak. He has a, a low dot. So I do worry about that a little bit that you could be, if he does see a hundred targets, I just don't think that get, gets it done, especially in an offense that Nate and I talked about last night, probably going to be in the lower fourth uh, in, in scoring overall. Uh, Nate, what are your thoughts here on London? So Drake London reminds me of Demarius Thomas and his skill set. Like he's not like gifted, like super gifted in any one area, but he does enough in every area to be useful in every area of an offense, bubble screens, short plays, but he can go deep on those 50, 50 jump balls. He can win those. He wasn't asked to do a lot. I think something we forget when we're evaluating rookies is we don't look at everything that they did based on the system they were in. For sure. Good example. For sure. Good example. This is like Jeremy Ruckert, which we'll get to later, but like Ohio State just doesn't use tight end. So we didn't get the full sample. We didn't get the full sample of Drake London. I think that he's a guy who sees 115, 120 targets in this offense. I like Mariota more than everybody else does in this situation, but I think he's a guy who can have a wide receiver one season as a rookie. Oh, stop. Stop it. Oh, I don't know stop. about that. Dude, Nate, on I fault, you I, I, I'm wide, not saying, I think wide receiver not 33, it, wide receiver 33 not, is fine for me. I'm not I, saying I think it's necessarily going to happen, but I what I'm saying is simply I think that of any of these rookie receivers, he's the one who's most likely to pop and have a, a wide receiver one season. I'm not saying to don't hang your hat on that. I'm not saying I think it's necessarily going to. He's the most likely of this class to do it. Given situation, the amount oh, of volume geez. he's about to see. Oh, geez. All right. You don't have All to right. like it. Enough on Drake dude. London. I mean, here's the deal. Like, we, we are kind of paying for half a senior season, but in that seven-ish games, I think in half the games he averaged over 130 receiving yards, and then he had over 160 receiving yards in a few of them. He was second. If you look at best season targets per game, he was second. He had the second most targets per game of any of the receivers that came out in this class. So the, the A dot doesn't really concern me too much because he showed with 130 and 160 mm -hmm. yard games that that didn't really, you know, there's still 54% of his, of his catches that are going beyond that. Plus when Mariota last played full seasons, he, he was pretty low on the totem pole as far as average intended air yards. So quarterback A dot. So it might play right into Mariota's strength. Well, and Mariota, to be fair, he didn't have a field-stretching wide receiver when he was in Tennessee. He had Delaney Walker. That was all he had. Delaney Talker, yeah. Walker led that team in targets every season that Mariota don't, started. Don't, now they got Brian Edwards for Rashard Matthews and those bulls down there, Nate. They, they were a hell of a <laughs> wide receiver corpse, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man, they were great. All right, I will tell you, just based on the offseason discussion that's already going around London, um, I can't wait to see what happens, man. I I'm, can't wait. Yeah, same. I'm not willing to invest, honestly, at that price, man. I just think there are better wide receivers you can get. If you want a rookie, you can go after these other guys. Wide receiver 33 is too high for me, personally. I, I, I think maybe he's a wide a high-end wide receiver three, max. But yeah, I mean, I, dude, Calvin Ridley struggled in this offense last season, and that was with Matt Ryan. Downgrade the quarterback. Like Calvin Ridley was not balling like he was the season before. People were a little bit upset with that. So yeah, but I don't, I don't know if that was I don't know if that was due to you know his admitted mental health struggles or you know everything else that was be. going on with him. 
So okay, guys, let's move forward to who, my wide receiver one prospect in this class, Garrett Wilson. He goes tenth overall to my frisky New York Jets, baby. The frisky Jets. They get him. He's six foot, uh, one ninety out of Ohio State. I think the thing though about Garrett Wilson, what I love that I didn't see from Drake London on tape is his great ability to separate. Sometimes he seems a little bit out of control, like he's going so fast. Like it's not super clean route running like Chris Olave has, but he gets the separation and he can explode with it. So I think right now he's stepping into a great situation. He's going to be the X here in the Mike LaFleur offense. This is the same guy who took advantage of Debo Samuel his rookie year as well. So I really like the system that, uh, that, that Garrett Wilson is coming into. I think there's a lot of opportunity here with those 120 vacated targets. Sam, what say you, man? Uh, I'm interested to see what happens here right away with him because this is an offense that's uh, upgraded everywhere. They they brought back Mackay Becton on the offensive line. They they brought in Brees Hall to be their superstar running back. As you know, they still have Michael Carter there, who's going to take some passing snaps, and they added Garrett Wilson as well as three different tight ends that can all catch passes. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the target share breakdown goes down right away. Uh, I mean, obviously Garrett Wilson's going to get a healthy amount of the targets. I don't know if he plays the X right away. I have to kind of think that Corey Davis really? takes that role mm-hmm. really? off, off rip. And I think we see, I think we see Wilson shift into kind of like the Z role down, down okay. field for them while Elijah Moore mans the slot. But we've seen – we saw Moore split out wide a bunch last year as well. And I know Garrett Wilson can flip between the two sides and inside as well. So I'm really interested to see what he does. He's He was also my wide receiver one in this class. I really like the way he plays. He's got amazing ball control, and he can separate really well. But he does everything really well. There's nothing that he extremely excels at, but there's also nothing that he he really lacks in his, uh, in his repertoire. So – it's going to be really nice to see what he does. Uh, I think he's going a little higher than people than he's going to be in, in year one. I think that, like like I said, I think the targets don't shake out a ton in his favor right away with so many mouths to feed. The Jets aren't exactly contending yet. They're frisky so, though. They're frisky, baby. They're de- they're definitely frisky. Um, I mean, with him, with him on the board as wide receiver forty-four on underdog, that that's a good place for him. I think, yeah. uh, I think he probably gets into that wide receiver four mix for in his year one. But I think he's a better uh, down the line option. But right away, I I think he definitely plays the Z. He might play a downfield role for them since they really don't have a downfield receiver, a guy who excels at that part of the field. And Garrett Wilson was a very good separator played well on downfield balls and he can catch the 50, 50 ball. He's very athletic. So yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Scott hearing what he just said could be a deep ball target here. We know Zach Wilson. He struggled mightily in the rookie year. Two things though. He did well at top five in deep ball accuracy, top 10 in red zone accuracy with those two metrics in mind, Scott, are you intrigued here by Garrett Wilson enough? I think wide receiver 44, that's a damn bargain to me especially with Elijah Moore going 10 spots before him at wide receiver 34. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't disagree with that. I, I, I would be fine taking Garrett Wilson in redraft at that spot. Um, 
you know, I mean, I have my same concerns. Like, for instance, this this is where landing spot actually does play a big factor. Like, if it had been Garrett, well, I also had him as my number one in this class with Drake London at two. Go. If, what? No, I just said go. Oh. Your go. <laughs> um, uh, if Garrett Wilson had been selected by Atlanta, you know, I think it'd be a pretty pretty easy slam dunk in that landing spot with with Garrett Wilson with you know only Kyle Pitts as his as his competition. But that's not what happened. So I don't expect it to be right off the bat, but that's why he's going at wide receiver 44. And that's why he's, you know, showing out as a wide receiver four. but I mean, I agree with everything. I he's, he's a super talented receiver, really good receivers earn targets, no matter how crowded a, a receiver room is. Um, so, you know, it's, it, it's just not that much of a risk at that point. Right. Drafting right. him at that point. Yeah. Like there's really not a lot of risk taking him there as w- whatever wide receiver it ends up being on your team. But it's not somebody somebody you're relying on. You can you can basically do what the NFL does. You can sit him on your bench and and see what happens. You know, so I like it. I would still take London over him in in redraft personally. Okay. Well, situationally, yeah, Wilson. My concern is my con, my concern is Zach Wilson. Yeah, we know. <laughs> I know. And he, look, I know the talents there, but I'm something that really stuck with me when I was doing a lot of research on him was his offensive lineman making comments of dude, we're doing everything we can, but he takes too long to get the ball out of his hands. We can't stop the pressure. These are NFL defenses. What are we supposed to do? If he can't figure that out, it doesn't matter how athletic Garrett Wilson is, but that said, he's going to command. I feel like a decent ish target share, not someone I want on redraft dynasty. He's like, what he's going first, second round, like somewhere right around there. I'm okay with that valuation, but if you're looking at him in redraft, you need to be like picking him up on waivers week three or four because he's actually seeing some volume. Outside oh, of that, Nate. like, uh, Nate, where, no, dude, I won't. You're gonna be the guy. Like, I'm gonna be the the one guy in all of our leagues to have Garrett Wilson locked and loaded in the draft, and you're gonna Go have for to take London a few rounds earlier. You know, for me, like, I mean, I, I'm not as far down on Zach Wilson as Nate is, but that is still a concern for me. I mean, they've added all this talent. And you would think by some of the conversations going on that all of a sudden Zach Wilson's just one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Now, right. here's the deal, though. Like the the comment about taking too long to throw. Well, look at the offensive weapons he had last year, and now look at the offensive weapons he'll have this year. The different sure. the, the different options he'll have, the different guys that can get open faster. Um, a couple of veteran savvy tight ends as safety valves. So if he's able to get rid of the, it's, it's kind of chicken and the egg. Was he not getting rid of the ball? Cause he's not good or because people were getting open or was it both? But I have to think there's going to be more, just there's going to be more explosiveness in that offense. And you know, the more he, the more he succeeds, the more confidence he'll build. So, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to take some huge leap forward, but I'm not burying, you know, a first round well, quarterback quite yet. Well, and that's, okay. that's fair. My concern is that it's uh, an ability to read, defenses yeah, I mean, that, and the that field and the play developing and if that's the, if what you think is, if that's the issue what you just said is the issue then he can fix that but if he can't read defenses and he couldn't pick it up by the end of his first season like that's a concern for Mike LaFleur is a good, quarterback. good coach man I, I, sure I no, of, we know that I have a, lot of, a lot of faith in him that he's going to get it done but guys let's move forward here we do have Chris Olave next on deck here Ohio State teammate of Garrett Wilson and he was he was a player that a lot of us possibly expected to come out here in 2021. He decided to stay for his senior season. It paid off for him. He's turned into a great crispy route runner the last couple of years, just over, but overall has great high end value in the deep ball area as well. So 
with that all in mind, crispy route runner, 439, 40 yard dash time. Is he someone you guys are interested in with Jameis Winston slinging him the ball? I loved Chris Olave pre draft. Right now, he has Jarvis Landry to compete with in addition to Michael Thomas. Kind of muddied the water um, for a little bit uh, on that for me. Scott, I know we kind of had this discussion on Twitter a couple uh, a couple days ago as well. Well, it's just funny because, you know, I think the last pod I was on, you were higher on Olave than me, and now I think I'm higher on Olave than you. Okay. Um, okay. I honestly really like this landing spot. And, again, it, it is muddied a little bit by the Jarvis Landry signing. But I think it's a great fit for Olave. I mean, I think Winston, yeah, he's not – He's not. It's funny that we're talking about Winston and Mariota, the two one and two from yeah. the 2015 draft. <laughs> yeah, 2022. Right. Anyway, um, I like the landing spot, and I mean, we'll see what happens as this. You know, the fact that they brought in Landry, they have Callaway. There's there's writing on the uh, writing on the wall that maybe Michael Thomas is not going to play for the Saints this year. So I mean, obviously that would change things. But as it stands now, with all those with all those receivers, I you know I'm willing to take a I'm willing to take a shot on him in redraft later later in the draft. Wide receiver um, 43 right now, so one spot above Garrett Wilson. Well, I'm not taking him ahead of Garrett Wilson. Um, that's that that might be a little too high for me for Olave, unless Michael Thomas leaves. Yeah, I'm... James is a gunslinger though, man. Like it. The, that's what the dude does. He throws a lot of picks, but he like also throws a lot of touchdowns. That so was, you look that at was a, pre-LASIK Jameis, though, Nate. That was pre-LASIK Jameis, though. He's got that's the true. That's true. Post-LASIK Jameis is going to be throwing the ball down the field with pinpoint it's, accuracy. It's tough to tell, though, because last season, for the limited amount of sample size we saw from him, too, he didn't have receivers. He had Marquez Callaway, Deontay right. Harris, uh, you know, in, insert Traquan Smith and a and Adam Troutman. Yeah, exactly. Sam, are, are you any more interested in Olave than the rest I of us? For for redraft, I definitely am. I mean, look, I'm also reading into this receivers thing as as a sign that Michael Thomas, you know, is isn't ready. That wow. that's definitely where I'm at right now. Is that he's wow. not ready because they keep saying he's at maybe. hurdles. They, uh, you're reading between the lines of what they say, and they keep saying he's got hurdles, but they don't say that about Jameis. They said that we like where he's at in his recovery, and you know he's going to be ready. They haven't said that about Michael Thomas. I don't know if I'm thinking that he's going to be not on the Saints. I don't think he's healthy, and I, I think this ankle thing definitely um, was more complicated than we've been led to believe. Uh, that definitely explains to me why Jarvis Landry was signed other than the hometown thing. Uh, Marquez Callaway is, is Marcus Callaway. I don't, I don't know if he's a Jag. I don't know if he's a deep <laughs> threat, but what I do he's know is Chris Olave. What I do know is Chris Olave is probably the most pro ready receiver in this draft. And you I know, agree with that. Like, yes. Like we yeah, said, that's a fair, he that's went fair. back to London. school. Yep. He went back to school. He obviously felt that he wasn't ready but he's the most crisp route runner in this draft. And he's a solid, solid deep threat to boot. So he can do it all. And his, his reception perception profile is like sterling clean. It's one of the cleaner uh, draft profiles that we've seen coming out in a little while. And what I got from that is that he can run any route. He can run the short routes. He can run the intermediate routes. He can run the deep routes. And we saw that at Ohio state, him and Justin Fields, him and CJ Stroud, they were on the money. So Olave to me is someone that should outperform that uh, wide receiver 43 
uh, ranking right away because I just think he's going to get the reps. I, I don't think we see a healthy Michael Thomas right now. And wow. I, that could change. Wow. That changed change. my thoughts a lot, a lot on him. Like hearing this from you guys, this theory, because I've kind of been under the assumption that MT is going to be healthy and ready to go. But I do love Olave, the talent. He was my number two wide receiver prospect coming into this thing. I was definitely a lot higher than the consensus on him. But like to me, he reminds me of, and I, I think I've said this on the show before, Emmanuel Sanders route running, football IQ, like big play though ability of Brandon Cooks. I don't think Manny Sanders always had that big playability, whether it's in Pittsburgh or Denver, um, but Brandon Cooks has that. And I, I see that with Chris Olave a little bit. So I kind of see him as a hybrid of the two. I like what you guys are saying. Are you willing to pay wide receiver 43 price, Nate? That's the question, though. That is the golden question here. So, yeah, absolutely. I am. I have no issue with it at all. I think the opportunity is to Jarvis. Yeah, I think so. Because I think by mid-season, I mean, Jarvis Landry is a guy who's going to help Olave grow. And that's what he is. I think at a he's certain a point in team. Too, yeah. yeah, he's yeah. a locker room guy. Yeah, And he's going to get plenty of targets. He's a talented receiver. He'll play a really important role in this offense. But yeah, I would take Olave ahead of Landry. Okay, guys. I think you... especially if you're, sorry. No, when, no, you're no, going no. Into pl- when you're going into playoffs, your fantasy playoffs, that's when Olave is probably going to start to pop. So, like, if you look at it that way, if you're a content, you think you're going to build a contending team, he's a guy that can probably catapult you in the playoffs. Okay. In theory. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. Wide receivers, these rookies, they generally take off later in the season. We mm-hmm. know that. We've seen the trends. Although we have seen guys like Jay Jet and Jamar, you know, shake that up the last couple seasons. Well, they're inhuman. Like, I, they're like aliens from another planet, wide receiver planet. <laughs> right. Well, guys, Jamison Williams here. He is one that I, I just I don't know. I don't I don't know if I haven't watched enough film. I don't know if I haven't just seen it from him. But he was a player behind Olave, behind Garrett Wilson at Ohio State for the last couple seasons. He ends up transferring this last year to, to Alabama. Puts up an Alabama like stat line here: fifteen hundred yards, fifteen touchdowns, and then tears his ACL in the championship game. Goes to the Detroit Lions though at pick twelve. So. Obviously, there's still hope for him here, but he is joining kind of a loaded wide receiver group now. They have DJ Chark. Um, of course, they have Amon Ross St. Brown, TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift, um, Jamal Williams, you name it. They have a lot of good pass catchers in this offense here. Underdog ADP right now is 54. I am out on that ADP. Um, yeah. our, our guy, Deepak Krona, uh, he always tells us that in the first in the first year coming off the ACL, Wide receivers, running backs, they regress. So I'm hands off there. Nate, sounds like you are too, brother. Oh, so you've got like this big pool of talented pass catchers for Jared Goff. Yeah, that's yeah. all. <laughs> so when is he? When is he? Like, what's the the ETA um, on him being healthy? He should I mean, be ready for Week One. Oh really? Really? Are you? Yeah. Well, okay. so so here's the thing. The, the the best part about his injury is is that it was a clean ACL tear. It was nothing else. There's no MCL, no 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 PCL, no no nothing else. So the best part about that is it's been a high rate of uh, coming back strong. Obviously, we're not going to see him make an impact in that much in year one. I wouldn't expect him to, even if he was healthy. Given that you know he's coming into this loaded wide receiver room, but. 
like we said, talent usually wins out. This is a bet on the future for him. It's a bet on when the Lions draft their quarterback of the future because we all know Jared Goff ain't it. But the good thing with the good thing with Williams, he's he's been saying, and his doctors have been saying, and the Lions said they all expect him to be ready for Week One. And uh, but it wouldn't shock me to see him open up the season on pup, you know, just because they know they're not competing this year. They know they don't have to rush him. Why rush the guy you just drafted to be your future franchise wide receiver one? So right, um, yeah, yep. But I do think he will be out there earlier than than you know expected this season. It's just it depends on you know exactly how it goes. But he 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 said he was ahead of schedule. Um, before the draft, so you yeah, know, there's been videos of him cutting. Yeah, he's, he's doing good cutting and running. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm I'm interested to see what he does. I think I'm probably out at his his underdog uh, ADP as well. But I'd be happy. I'd be happy to take a flyer on him in a couple weeks because you can't teach speed. We know that. You can't you can't teach what he has. the The production profile is not really concerning to me, given that. We know that he was behind, you know, all this NFL talent at Ohio State. I'm not too concerned. It's it's like it's like the Joe Burrow thing. People said, oh, he can't hack it, so he went from Ohio State to LSU, and well, he almost won a Super Bowl. So I'm pumping yeah. the brakes on that. I, I don't really care that much about that, but I, I do want to see what he does first, and I, I'll probably wait on him. Yeah, I'm in the same boat in redraft. I'm all over him in Dynasty, but I'm in the same mm-hmm. boat um, in redraft. If he is ready by week one, he's one of those guys where, because I believe in the talent and he you know, he could be a home run later in the season, potentially, he's got the talent for it. He's one of those guys I'll yep. throw on the end of my bench late in a draft or I'll just keep my, if you know, if he, if he goes undrafted, I mean, we don't know, it's it's May. Um, I would just, I would keep my eyes on that waiver wire, you know, like he's just, he's one of those, he's one of those guys I'll have my eye on, but you know, coming off the ACL, Jared Goff, yeah. it's not it's not ideal for like the first half of his of his rookie year, which in redraft, right, yeah. that's you need that, yeah. you know. You know who this is good for though? Amon Ross St. Brown. Everything's good for Amon <laughs> Ross St. Brown. They let me in on that joke yesterday. I I hadn't heard it. I had not even heard this joke. And then I and then literally, Nate, right after the show, I got on Twitter and I see like three. Everything I was like, okay, apparently I've been under a shell for a while. Well, I saw one the other day where Great someone joke. posted like a new recipe, like it was a cooking something, and they were like, I'm on Ross St. Brown, wide receiver one confirmed. It's like this is the Twitter I'm here for, guys. This is what I love. So so guys, moving forward down the list here, my boy Jahan Dotson out of Penn State here goes 16 to the commanders. Um, I think a little higher than some of us projected him to go 5'11", 181, but the guy runs a 443 and he just has a crazy elusiveness rating. Uh, you know, just you watch this guy, he makes people miss nearly 1200 yards, 13 total touchdowns here at Penn state with Sean Clifford and company at quarterback. Um, not a pro style offense, not a pro style quarterback here. So I think there is some work to do for Dotson, but I think he translates to the next level. Um, college dominator rating 44.3%. If you care about that, that's 90th percentile and 90th per- fifth percentile in target rating. Scott, are you interested in Dotson with these like off the chart metrics at Penn State? 
Where is his uh, ADP? 63 right now, underdog. I don't really have a problem with that. Um, I was I was surprised he went as early as he did. But, um, I mean, may, mostly because of you, Seth. Like, I became, I became a Dotson fan. Um, mm-hmm. I've watched some of his tape. And, yeah, his, his metrics are – are great. You know, he had a top five target share. Um, he's got really good hands. I think he fits well in that offense. I mean, they've got McLaurin, they've got Curtis Samuel, but I think the ship has sailed on Diami Brown and you know, he's, he's just another one of those guys who could pop that I'm very similar to, um, James, Jameson Williams, where I'm not going out of my way to draft him and redraft, but end of bench or, keep, keep the old waiver eyes on him. Yes. Um, yes. Sure. Mm-hmm. You don't like, you don't like Sam Howell hooking up with uh, the Brown again. Just like I took Sam Howell on a rookie draft recently. <laughs> I had to <laughs> third round. Ooh. Nate or Sam, do you guys have any interest in dots in here? It is, you know, it is a lighter re- receiving room, but Curtis Samuel could be back healthy this season. He pretty much missed all of last year with that nasty groin injury he was dealing with. But there is Terry McLaurin. There is Dynami Brown. Um, Logan Thomas should be back off the ACL at some point as well. They just got Carson Wentz. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. I hate, I, hate, <laughs> I hate the landing spot. I'm looking at Jahan Dotson as a year five breakout when he gets out of his rookie contract and plays for another team. I just don't see it in Washington. Unless Ron Rivera does something and gets his team turned around. But he's not like, I don't know. I just have a hard time having faith in anything with this Washington football team. Yeah, you There's talked about idea. that yesterday a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. I just like it. Just seems like it's it's a kind of a mess. Absolutely. And I, if you're if you're trading for Carson Wentz, like I would have ridden Taylor Heineke over Carson Wentz, and maybe we still see Taylor Heineke over Carson Wentz. Oh yes. Oh no. Oh yes. Yeah. I don't. No, Nate. Dude, I just. <laughs> Taylor Heineke at least has some heart. Carson Wentz had two opportunities to get a Colts team into the playoffs with a talented roster, bad leader. And that is my issue with Carson Wentz. He's he's never going to get a team behind him. At least Taylor Heineke can get a team behind him. That's the difference between Trent Dilfer and Joe Flacco. I want to say I feel bad for Wentz. I don't really. But I do think I do think he's gotten such a bad rap uh, from from everybody just because he really blew up the Colts playoff chances last year. But I really don't I don't hate Jahan Dotson with him that much. I mean, it, it, the skill sets match, you know, the down the, the down the field work that Dotson will be able to do with Wentz, who loves to throw the deep ball because he's incapable of, of throwing the throwing the short to intermediate ball because he sails it over everyone's head. Um, so I think that'll be, I think it'll be good for him. You know, if they can, if they can somehow hook up a little bit, I think, uh, I think we could see it. Maybe they'll have breakfast this summer. Uh, that's <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I will say, I think this is a bigger hit to Terry McLaurin than people think. Dotson to a- me is a clone of Deontay Johnson. Height, weight, very similar. Speed, very similar 40 yard dash time. Very similar. I even watching him at Penn state almost in person every single week this last year, I saw a lot of Deontay Johnson in. I think it could be a volume threat. I think scary Terry goes down my ranks even more than he has uh, already. And I was out on him last year and I, you know, I saved myself. So I'm hoping we can save a couple more people uh, this year as well. Um, 
Before we move on, though, I did want to address this comment. This was pretty funny in the in the chat from our guy Craig Ruth here. Um, I was recording something. Did I miss Scott defending Drake London's honor? Craig, <laughs> I think you did. Scott did defend his honor. It was a long conversation. Audio version out tomorrow night. Check that out, Craig. You can he- you can hear it all back. Watch the replay on YouTube. Scott did a great job defending his honor. Yeah, like and subscribe, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, we appreciate Craig, hundred percent, man. Um, guys, I want to move on to another wide receiver that I don't love as much as everyone else, if we're being honest here. And it's Traylon Burks. He goes to Tennessee at 18 in exchange for AJ, the GOAT Brown, baby. Um, you know, you love what we saw in college from Traylon Burks. You, we, we've known about him for a couple of years now. He's been he's been a guy that a lot of people have been targeting in Debbie leagues. However, you know, he is 6'2", 224, very high dominator rating at Arkansas in college. But he performed very, very poorly at the combine here. 49th percentile in 40-yard dash, 48th percentile in catch radius, 10th percentile in agility score. All this to be said, he is now going as the wide receiver 34 and underdog. Pretty high amount of ADP to spend on him. He is having some, some breathing issues early on in mini camps as well. I'm hands off Traylon Burks. Sam, can you convince me otherwise, brother? I can, or I can at least try to. I, I don't buy the breathing issues. I mean, it, it's it's acclimation. Uh, you, you can't 100%. you can't simulate what these guys have been doing. This dude's from training. Arkansas, what? Sam. This guy's from Arkansas, man. Tennessee's higher. I, I don't. I don't really. I don't know if the elevation is is that is that crazy different in the two places. Um, I mean, you know, Tennessee is is probably higher. It, it is kind of in the mountains out there. So, you know, we'll, 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 we can see what happens there. But uh, you can't substitute the kind of simulated training that these guys have been doing, you know, in their offseason workouts to like an actual field. And it is like I said, it is brutally hot out there, guys. <laughs> so, um, look, Burks walks into the probably the best situation for a rookie wide receiver he's going to get a mm-hmm. ton of targets this year he's got robert woods who's coming off an acl injury and is 30 and nick westbrook akine baby yeah Stop so <laughs> so <laughs> look ryan Tannehill God. has got something to prove they drafted malik willis we all know malik willis is going to come for his job in a year or two so Tannehill's got something to prove in what might be his last year as the starter here. Burks is the kind of guy that could make a guy like Tannehill look good. All he has to do is throw it in the short to intermediate and let Burks do the rest. This is a guy who is known for his yak ability at Arkansas. That's what he that's what he's good at. I'm, I'm not a big I'm not a big combine guy myself. I prefer to look at the tape and and look at production and, and look at what I see. And what I see is that Traylon Burks was one of the better productive uh, wide receivers in this class, you know, from a tape standpoint, you know, he, sure. He doesn't pass the athletic portion of it, but he passes the film for me and I'm a big fan. I don't know if I would go as high as 30 wide receiver 34 off the bat, but I think that's about where his ceiling is for this year. I currently have him as my wide receiver 29 for this season. So I think he gets up there once he gets acclimated and I really do think he's pro-ready, and I think he shows out because they have to replace the A.J. Brown production somehow. And Derrick Henry can't do it all. They're going to pay even more attention to Derrick Henry this year than they have in the past. 
And that'll uh, open up the field for Traylon Burks to do a little more damage. And like, like I said, Ryan Tannehill doesn't have to hit him downfield. Let him work out of the short to intermediate and do what he does best, which is take the ball after the catch. Scott, you on board here? So, first of all, as someone broadcasting live from the West Coast, there aren't any mountains in Tennessee or Arkansas, so don't worry about elevation there. Um, but Burks is one of those guys <laughs> that <laughs> – Burks is one of those guys – I live in Colorado. Nate <laughs> has mountains. Um, Burks, I was lower. Florida has mountains. What do you mean? What's that? Florida has mountains. What do you mean? <laughs> Magic mountain. Um, so Burks was a guy I was lower on pre-draft. I think I had him at like five or six. I didn't have him up in the top. Honestly, the combine wasn't really the reasoning, but I agree with Sam. His landing spot is ideal. And another thing to keep in mind in this day and age, this today's NFL, he had 38 rushes for 222 yards in, in college as well. So, I mean, he's got that in his skill set. I think he can be utilized in, in multiple ways. And with that run after the catch or the, you know, yards after contact type skill set, um, I think he's going to eat. Uh, I think he's going to eat pretty soon. Um, but that's still, that's a little too high for me in redraft to, to just out of the gate. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I, I foresee when I'm looking at a draft board around that ADP, uh, there's going to be other, there's going to be other safer or just other, you know, more established receivers I would want to take over him. But I'm higher on him than I was. I like. I really. I really like the situation. My hangup is it's Ryan Tannehill, and like he had the one season where he was out of his mind in Tennessee, where gave Marcus Mariota the boot, and then I don't know. He just was kind of underwhelming last season, and given that he had Julio Jones and AJ Brown, like I expected more out of him. Uh, but that said, I mean, he's good. Dude, Traylon Burks didn't get a ton of targets ton of targets. I don't mind the ADP. I'd probably take him right around there and be comfortable with it, feeling that he might outperform it by a little. Yeah. Uh, Nate, I think you're reasonable there. I think that's a reasonable take, so I'll give you that. All of my takes are reasonable, <laughs> Seth. Come on. So, get out of Did here, we though. change your mind, Seth? Did we change I, how- No, I honestly, guys, I, I, it's still just too high of a price of, at 34. If his ADP falls a closer to 40... Dude, the guy replacing AJ Brown as a back end wide receiver three, like okay, the vol, dude, the volume, no the look, the volume's gonna be there. Don't even he if he doesn't land as a back end wide receiver three, we'll, we're gonna make a bet. I am worried about his bet positioning and his health, guys. I'm gonna be as honest. someone as someone who has lived with asthma their entire lives. Don't worry about that, dude. He's just got to figure out his inhaler routine, know, and he will be a Smoky Mountains, guys. Smoky Mountains. He'll be fine. <laughs> He'll be fine. All right. This is this is Jamar Chase dropping a few balls in practice. Yes, yes. But yes. That's oh, all this is. This. Forget that's about it. It's not going to be a thing. Tweet. You should tweet that. However, I don't agree. I am concerned. I've, I've already seen concerned. someone tweet it. I've already okay. seen someone tweet it. Okay. That's exactly so, what it is, though. Okay, guys. Let's. Move <laughs> that's what forward. it is. Uh, Traylon Burks, there's mixed feelings here. These guys all seem pretty in on that ADP. I'm here. And then Seth is and Seth is wrong. We're right. Seth is I, wrong. I would rather take Christian Kirk over him. 
Oh, oh, the humanity. So Nate, so Nate and I are right, and and Scott and Seth are wrong. Okay. Yeah. Good. good. I like him. Well, but okay. I, I, I'm probably not taking him that high. That's all I'm saying. Thank you, Scott. Okay. It's not Thank because you. of it's not because of you know he forgot his inhaler or any of that kind of stuff. Um, I just, I mean, you know, oh. it, the vol the volume should be there, but they also hand the ball hey, to King Henry like 600 times too. a year. So. Yeah. And I like Robert Woods, man. I know he's 30 and coming off an ACL, but I like Robert Woods. So I think he's gonna. Oh, I think he's gonna command a um, a fair amount of targets as well. Bobby Trees, sure. Scott's not getting so, off that train quite. I yet. like that guy. Use your all in last year, Scott. Yeah, I know that worked out. It was my all in too, and we I got we both got burned. <laughs> Remember yeah, when Philip Lindsay was my all in that one? My time? rookie sleeper last year was Terrace Marshall Jr. So. <laughs> Happens to be that way. Just killing it. Be that killing way. it. I I will I will say, guys, potentially in my consideration for my all-in pick is going to be Christian Watson. Goes to Green Bay here at pick thirty-four. Mm. I have been very up and down on Christian Lots Watson, guys. Again, here, here, here's the battle. Here's the battle you have. Christian Watson is from North Dakota State University, home of Carson Wentz, home of. Uh, Oh man, I Trey Lance, you know, not you're not, not selling us here. Okay. Almost. Yeah, yeah, this here's, is strong <laughs> junior. Okay, but I'm just saying, okay, here we here we go. This is the argument though. He did not have a lot of college production. 104 career receptions, 2400 yards, 2100 yards, excuse me, and 14 touchdowns. So not a great college profile. However, he is 6'4, he is 208 pounds. That profiles well to be an alpha. And then he was ranked in the 95th percentile in the 40-yard dash, speed score, burst score, catch radius, you name it. This guy's combine was off the charts, guys. It was. And I, I think I just love the situation he's stepping into so much. 241 vacated targets. And, yes, I'm sure Green Bay is going to shift to a more run-heavy, defensive-minded approach. However, this is a quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, guys. 85 TDs over the last two seasons. And 45% of those TDs but, but, but between my guy, MBS, and Devontae Adams. <laughs> no, you guys know how I feel about MBS. No, that's not your guy. That's so, not your guy. Um, but, guys, I just think I love Christian Watson. I love the opportunity here. Scott, I feel like you're the only one who might agree on me that I think he's an absolute slam dunk at wide receiver 46 and underdog. I mean, Watson for me is one of those guys where, you know, depending on how my redraft draft board shakes out, he's the quintessential lottery ticket, high, high ceiling, high risk pick. He could go ape shit in Green Bay or he could completely bust. He'd be a high end wide receiver too. His, his range of outcomes are very wide. It's a very wide range for him just because of, because of the knocks, a small school, not, not a lot of, you know, not a lot of production to choose from in college. But his, he's an athletic freak. I mean, he was at the top of the list Freaky, with everything. Baby. Relative athletic score, 40 time, burst score, speed score, freak score, all those scores. Now, I know that those are combine metrics, and we see things on tape, and there's a lot of different things to analyze. And, and I know the argument that's coming about how Aaron Rodgers does not trust rookies, and he only trusts people that are he has been throwing to for a little while. But I'm not... I'm not buying this Alan Lazard is going to be this, this wide receiver one in the NFL just because, because Devonta Adams left. Targets are earned. Alan Lazard's a really good blocker, and he catches some passes here and there. But I just I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to have much of a choice. You know, and I don't think it's something He's where – He's got to throw it, man. I don't think it's something where just because that's how it's been 
that he's going to be like, oh, there's Christian Watson, but he's a rookie. I'm not throwing to him. Right. Um, I think it's just based on based on their wide receiver room. Like, who else is he going to throw to? So, but like I said, it is a huge risk because all that all that athleticism, all that potential, um, you know, it it doesn't always play out. So, I personally took him. I took him over Sky Moore in a rookie draft. Now the mm-hmm. the 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 scenario there was I have a really good team to win now. So I thought, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to pick this high ceiling guy um, to, to throw into my bench. But I mean, he's kind of a polarizing guy. Um, you know, I feel like if, I feel like if he put up the numbers he put up athletically and he went to Clemson, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Scott, I want to say I was in a similar situation. I went Chris Olave, or I went I went Christian Watson over Chris Olave in a rookie draft. Wow. Very win now. Very win now. This was pick seven. Olave had slid. But I just thought Watson was one of those guys at the end of the year. I don't have receivers. I had Calvin Ridley. So you know the situation I was in there. Well, and I mean, I think Watson's going to be one of those guys where, like, there's going to be people that are very right, and there are going to be people that are very wrong. About yes. Christian Watson. We'll Sam, you are chomping at the bit here. What is your take on Watson? Because I feel like you've just been dying after. I think he's him. Sam's wide receiver one. <laughs> <laughs> he's not even close. He's he's closer to my wide receiver ten than he is my wide receiver one at this point. He's strikingly raw. Like this is like frighteningly raw to me. This is you know North Dakota State runs an offense that is extremely run heavy. There's a reason we didn't that, – that's the reason we didn't see him do a ton. But even for his profile, like his profile doesn't really match up to his um, – his prof- or his production profile doesn't match up to his measurables at all. So, I mean, the two routes that he ran the most in college were a dig and a curl route, and he didn't perform well at either of them. Those are the two 25-plus percent – uh, routes that he ran so he ran over 50 percent of his routes were digs and curls and he posted sub 60 percent success rates on both of them that's not good his other his his uh, his third most was the was the nine route obviously the deep route and he wasn't good there either only posted a 50 percent success rate so i'm worried that he's a guy that's going to take at least a year to acclimate to how the nfl works also this is aaron Rodgers we're talking about i don't care if he just lost Devontae Adams and Rodgers doesn't trust anybody he doesn't know he's gonna rather throw to Aaron Jones and Alan Lazard no and whoever else he Robert Tanyan y'all yeah. forgetting that Robert Tanyan's gonna be coming back and healthy to start the season coming don't care ACL. dude I don't care he's a red zone asset look okay. look, look he doesn't Chris play he doesn't play well against press you you want so in a 6-4 athlete you want someone that can be press right Mm-hmm. Well, Christian Watson posted a 33% success route against press. Not mm-hmm. good. So, I mean, you you, ju- you just – you want to see, you know, at a, a prospect like his – at his level and at the, the high draft pick that they took him at, you want to see him dominate uh, his competition, right? That's what we typically see. He didn't do that. So, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop on Christian Watson. I am completely fine if I'm wrong and he completely beats the numbers and he goes out and Aaron Rodgers and him, you know, play like Cooper Have Cup breakfast. and, you know. Yeah, so, but I just, I just <laughs> Every don't day. see it. And, Guys, and, I think he's my wide receiver too in redraft right now, rookie-wise. Oh, wow. I, I think you're going to so, be I think it's Garrett Wilson. I think it's Christian but, Watson, man. 
I think this is a Cinderella season for Christian. I'm gonna send you his no way. I'm gonna send you his reception perception profile after this, Seth. And I think it's not gonna change your tune. And all the arrows. Okay, Nate, would you rather take Watson at wide receiver 46 or Alan Lazard wide receiver 49? Alan Lazard wide receiver 49. Not even a question. Easily. You're playing to get third in your league. Is what you're playing for, bud. I'm playing. No, I'm playing. I are playing to win, dog. (laughs) <laughs> Here's the thing, guys. We love Devontae Adams, right? We love Devontae Adams. And I know Scott alluded to this earlier, but this is very important. What's up, Albert? Very important. Hey, Albert. Devontae Adams, since 2016, has finished outside of the wide receiver one tier twice. One of those seasons, he only played 12 games. Okay? Phenomenal production. However, his first two seasons, he was the PPR wide receiver 74 and the PPR wide receiver 66. He had 66 and 94 targets those two seasons. It's not like he wasn't seeing volume. It was that he wasn't seeing significant high. uh, He wasn't seeing significant like targets. They weren't high value targets. What years years were those? Give me the years. What years? 2014 and 2015. Jordy Nelson is on the team. James sure. Jones might be in the building, and a, a James Cobb, Jones was not. Was and Randall none, of, the, none the of those players, but none of those players did anything in their first years. So none of them. That's the it's problem. different now. None though, of them. Guys, it's not. Why is it different? Why is it different? This is how Aaron Rodgers t- operates. He get, he takes time to get to know you, and then he lets you break out. Right. Amari Rodgers will Rodgers will break out before Christian Watson does. The only difference that's the, the only difference right Rogers. now. That's I would who say. Rogers gonna have breakfast with. <laughs> the difference between now and then to me is, and I'm not saying it just means he's all of a sudden just gonna pepper a rookie with with targets. The difference be- between that is at, at those times when those first year players didn't do much, they had somebody better than Alan Lazard ahead of them. That's all I'm saying. What's Thank wrong you. with Alan Lazard? He's a sold he, nothing. He's a I don't, great I don't, number two or number three. I don't think he's a he's not a he's, he's not a six, team's five. wide receiver. He's one. six five, two twenty. Why can't just, he be an alpha? He was he's been sitting behind Devontae Adams. <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right, just, just like me. Just like I'm not very high on Lazard. <laughs> okay. I mean, I think I think honestly though, like for reals, I mean this this conversation does hinge on how you feel about Lazard. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if you're lower on Lazard, you, you, the the opportunities. Can, I mean, to me, if it, if Aaron Rodgers wants to be like, you know, I'm going to throw to people I know, I'm going to throw to Lazard, I'm going to pepper Lazard, then yeah, that's fine. They they just won't win very many games. Okay. But I think yeah. he's. I, I do. Sam did. Con, Sam with 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 the reception perception stats. That's where my concern is. That's why I honestly don't have much of a problem with him being a rookie wide receiver eight, nine, ten range. I'm not. I, I'm not saying he should be higher than that. I'm just saying that I'm potentially willing to take a risk on the potential. But that risk is definitely there with his production profile being so poor against his competition at North Dakota State. All right, guys. That's, and that's fair. Aaron Jones, wide receiver one. For, for Albert <laughs> Stop State, it. For Albert, Albert. State, we are moving Hi, Albert. forward, folks. We are moving forward for Albert's sake and his sanity. Last wide receiver we're going to focus on before we move down the list quickly here. We are almost at our time, so we're going to try to move quickly throughout the rest of this. Sky Moore, guys, West West Michigan University. Chiefs goes to the Chiefs at pick 54 here. 5'10, 190, but he was a player who went for 94 receptions, 1,200 yards, 10 TDs this last season. He's from Shady Side, guys. He's from Duburg. He's from Duburg out here in Western PA. 
So there is some upside here. However, there is also some downside. A low burst score, a low catch radius. He is behind Juju Smith and Travis Kelsey. And while this isn't you know, exactly Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, we've never seen a third option produce in a Kansas City uh, offense behind Patrick Mahomes. Does it change here, Nate? Does it change here with Sky Moore, wide receiver 39, and underdog? It does not. I'm not touching Sky Moore because I just don't think it's going to happen. I want it to, and I wanted him to land somewhere else. Um, people are really high on him and drafting him, thinking that he's going to somehow replace Tyreek Hill's skill set. And I have news for you. There's nothing about him that indicates that he's even remotely close to being able to do any of the things that Tyreek Hill does. He's a wide receiver, too, in this offense at some point. It's not this year. It might be, I mean, 2023, 2024. They got me cool. They, they got MVS down there. Yeah. They got some bulls. Yeah. Dude, Dude, I had a I, I I was on a pod last night. I was Jack, like Jake Jack, Trobig's drinking and talking fantasy, and Dan Harms, who is a huge Kansas City fan and is an, uh, one of the FF astronauts guys, is in, is convinced that Mecole Hardman is going to basically do what Tyreek Hill did, and that's what they are expecting yeah. him to oh, do. Oh, he's just trying to get his league mates. To Haven't we been Nicole saying Hardman. that? Haven't. Haven't we been saying that for three years? Three though? years. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I have not been saying that at any point. No, Scott. Sam, I just think it's interesting. And, and I, I mean, I I like I like the talent. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he put up he put up some of the advanced college metrics. You know, um, receiving yards per team, pass attempts, target Long share. Area. He mm-hmm. was he was he was he he dominated his team's uh, receiving production. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, the knock is it's Western Michigan. And, you know, to me, it's not, you know, it's the Chiefs seem like, oh, just smash landing spot. But that's a crowded kind of meh receiving room, in my opinion. Um, So he could ascend to being, you know, let's say other than Kelsey being Mahomes top target early on. He could. But I don't think it's that likely. Mm -mm. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going back to reception perception because I, I, I use this every day. No, it's Sky good. Moore had a 90, 95% percentile uh, win rate against press coverage. He's five foot 11. Yes. Like, this, you know, we don't scrapper. see guys. Scrapper. We don't see guys come out of group of five schools like this that often and, and put up these kind of numbers. Like he has a really, really strong analytical profile. And no, I don't think he's going to be Tyreek Hill because nobody is Tyreek Hill. Right. But I do think he's the best wide receiver in this Chiefs offense. And I do think he grabs the slot role right away. Uh, Juju and Nicole and whatever other Jag MVS is on the outside. And he runs with the slot role in this offense as a high volume slot role. So I'm all over him for year one. I targeted him on a bunch of dynasty teams. I think he comes out as one of the top four receivers in this draft at the end of the day, because you don't see, you don't see a mix of talent and landing spot this good that often. I mean, he's a guy that can kind of make every catch. Um, He'll bulk up a little bit. So if he gets the 5'11", 200, we got, we got a conversation for him because he's about the same size as me. Okay, Nate, you could be a wide receiver. You could be a wide receiver, Nate. The point, the point is he. 
No, I mean Juju is is only a few years removed, guys, for a four, from a fourteen hundred yard exactly. season. You know, right? Eleven receptions. That's that was only twenty eighteen, man. Juju's got that in him. He just hasn't had the opportunity. Like, Here's I, I can't problem. see a, a rookie running away with this thing in Kansas City, man. I just can't. Nope. I don't know. Jesus. I don't know. Whoa. The thing with Juju, the thing with Juju for me is he needs someone in front of him to to really show out and i i think he might have it in kelsey yeah it's gonna be really it's really gonna be really interesting but someone who i kind of think reminds who sky more kind of reminds me of is antonio brown i knew you're gonna say that i knew very interesting very interesting uh, height height weight profiles here the measurables match up he was very quick and speedy. Uh, he's got he's got similar similar speed scores to Antonio Brown, and look, Antonio Brown came out of Central Michigan, uh, you know, kind of on the low. You know, we knew there were troubles with this troubles with uh, him off the field from the get go, but his talent was never in question, and I don't think the talent's in question with Sky Moore either. So, if Juju wakes back up, he's in the perfect offense to do it with. But I do think Sky Moore is is the kind of guy that can uh, do it all right away and come out like Antonio Brown in in later years. Because if we remember correctly, Antonio Brown started off returning kicks and playing the slot oh, yeah. in his in his yeah. first in his first season in the NFL. He didn't do much else. Even if that's all Sky Moore is relegated to in in fantasy, and he's a fade for redraft, he's a screaming buy for dynasty. And he's being drafted right around where he should because I do think he is one of the futures of this Chiefs offense. Okay, guys. I I appreciate the insight there on these main wide receivers here. I just want to run through the other list of wide receivers, and I just need a yes or no. Are you investing them in redraft this season, even as a late-round flyer? And if you do have any interest, why? Um, I want to start with Wandale Robinson, which was a surprising wide receiver off the board at pick 43 by the G-Men. Maybe we shouldn't be so surprised. It is the Giants at the end of the day. <laughs> this is a loaded wide receiver room. Any interest? It's a no for me. No. Not in redraft. No. Not in re- Yeah, not in redraft. No. Okay. John Mechie goes to Houston at pick 44. I have a little bit of interest in this one. Maybe maybe a late shot. I, I think he could be the number two there. I'm not a huge Nico Collins guy after seeing him in year one, though. I want to see when it comes back from the ACL. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably not going to touch him this year. Same for me. Not in redraft. Not yeah. Mechie. Okay. Twycorn. Twy, I, I want to. Am I saying Twyquan Thornton? Am I saying that right? I don't know. No one's ever heard yeah, of him. Twyquan. Yeah. <laughs> Twyquan Thornton. He's a burner from Baylor. Pick fifty. He goes to Bill Belly and the boys up in New England. I'm out on this one. It was a weird yeah. pick. There's a lot of better people on the board. Bill Belichick doing Bill Belichick things in the draft, guys. Absolutely not. Yep. Did Mac yeah, Jones no, have a throw downfield yet? No. Okay. Then no. The only the only thing that has been more prevalent than Aaron Rodgers only throwing to people that have been on the team is the Patriots drafting god awful wide receivers. Yes. So yeah. I can't see how this is going to be any. I mean, that obviously that doesn't mean that this. You know, it's not a direct like that means that Tyquan Thornton but is bad. He's but it's just fast. He is fast. He can run real fast. Yes. Oh, what about George Pickens? Pick fifty two to the Steelers here. 
However, we don't know the quarterback situation. It's either Mitchell or it's going to be uh, old, old Kenny Pickett down there in Pittsburgh, guys. I think I'm out in year one on on George Pickens. I love the talent. I don't really love I don't really love a, a lot of the situation though for Pickens. I think Fryermuth is the number two or three option in that offense. George Pickens I'll, is the most talented wide receiver in this draft. I'll take a flyer on Pickens. I would take a flyer on Pickens. I I, I agree. I, I, I agree. I think his, his 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 he's he's an underrated talent coming out. I, I I really do still I did and still think he is the best wide receiver in this draft at, at the end of his career. Okay. Wow. Wow. Hot. Okay. Always thought, folks. Always thought. Hot take. Hot take. Just there. All right. All save right. this. Save the audio of this into the archives. <laughs> set what about talk in five years, guys? Number fifty-two off the board in the draft, the Colts. I think Alec Pierce is interesting just because. Not only the talent coming from Cincinnati, but also just the situation he ends up in Indianapolis. He is probably going to slot in as the number two wide receiver um, out, outside of Michael Pittman Jr. Unless they bring back T.Y. Hill and it looks like it's him, it's Paris Campbell, what's left of him after a couple injury-riddled seasons. I'll take a flyer on Alec Pierce. Is anyone else with me there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, He's I a think downfield so. Threat. He's a downfield threat. Yeah. He also just destroyed in the combine metrics with his 40 and his athleticism, burst score, speed score, all that. He was top of the top of the heap. So that, that to me is worth. Yeah. That, that to me is worth a flyer in redraft. Yeah, I, I love him. Velas Jones jr. Now 25 year old wide receiver. He goes to Chicago. ARP. At Do we, uh, one guys. Does the league give out points for kick returns? No. Okay. They should. Uh, the six I heard he got his ARP card this weekend. I heard he got his ARP card this week. <laughs> so I'm going to take that as a no all the way around. It, there is an opportunity in Chicago, though. Let's not, like, forget about it. There is somewhat of an opportunity. Um, but, I mean, I'm just not convinced that it's Vilas Jones Jr. or Byron Pringle, though, um, opposite of Darnell Mooney. It's going to be a rough road for Chicago, I think. I don't know. I, I remember Darnell I was Mooney in a, 160 targets. <laughs> I was in a group chat that I think all four of us are in. And um, somebody was saying, oh, but look at Vilas Jones' stats from college. And then a few minutes later, they're like, oh, wait, no, no, that's his kick return stats. That's all it's, <laughs> that's all it's showing on on sports reference for college football. It shows his kick return stats. So yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know what was going on with this pick, to be honest. It's the Bears, but they, maybe they see something in him. You never know. Fields I apparently mean, had input. Well, then so, that should actually not, mean that that should mean something. We shouldn't be giving Justin Fields a second-year quarterback input, in my opinion. I'm sorry. How did that work out for Patrick Mahomes and Clyde Edwards-Alaire when he could have Jonathan That's Taylor and DeAndre Swift? CEH, year three breakout incoming. This ain't, this ain't the that. NBA. Players no. don't need to be playing GM. No, Isaiah Pacheco, it's Rojo season. It's Rojo, it's Rojo season, boys. Uh, no, it's Pacheco season, baby. <laughs> All right. Guys, what about Jalen Tolbert to the boys? The boys, Moore. Jerry's boys, pick 88. I'll, I'll take a flyer I, on him. Michael Pittman. I hate how much I love that bit. pick. Yeah. I'm going to take I'm a flyer on Jalen Tolbert. I, I, I like I, it. I hated how much I love that pick because it's such a good pick. He's it's a very he's good gonna pick. be the he's gonna be the wide receiver too for them this year, and I hate it. I'll take a flyer on him. Be... He had the high, highest college dominator of the group of the whole class. Yeah. Wow. Really? Uh, I'm a fan. 
Above you know 50%. what that number was, Scott? It was uh, 51.2%. Wow. Okay, I'm in. I like yeah. that. Yeah, I'm, I'm in he's, too. He's in, just talking rookie draft. He's He's been a – I think he's been a great value. I've seen a lot of people posting their picks. A great second-round wide receiver in rookie yeah, draft. I've seen him go I've seen him go in the third round in a ton of drafts. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah he, I snagged him up as much as I could. Yep. Him and David Bell, good value. That's yeah, our next absolutely. guy, Scott. David Bell. 99th off the board to Cleveland. I love David Bell. He's been a great value in dynasty rookie drafts. And I think we're going to see what happens to Sean Watson. I think probably in the next month or two, we're going to get, you know, they're meeting in Dallas, right? Or somewhere in Texas. I don't know exactly where, but somewhere in suspended. Yeah. We're going to see what the suspension is, but I think I am, I'm interested in David Bell. The only person in front of him is Donovan Peoples Jones for that number two wide receiver role. It could be David Bell, man. He was a he was a baller, a baller and a dog at Purdue, man. So I'm in on David Bell. I'm worried about the first like six games of the season when it could be Baker Mayfield actually starting at quarterback because Deshaun Watson suspended. That Baker's kind of makes it that, that Jacoby Brissett season, boys. Jacoby oh, Brissett gross. season. Gross. I don't know. There's too much up in the air in Cleveland for me to like, I, I love his talent. And I think that in 2023, it's a different story. I'm singing a different tune but for this year. I don't, I just don't know that I love it. Go ahead, Seth. Last one, Danny Gray to the 49ers in round three here. Danny Gray is interesting. It's pick one Oh five though. I think I like him more as a, as a fourth, fifth round pick in dynasty than I do in redraft this season, especially Mm -hmm. with Debo Samuel likely staying on the team. His role at best is the wide receiver three in, in San Francisco, which is behind George Kittle as well. So I'm out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's fast. That's pretty much it. The rest of his college production profile is very middle of the pack. Unfortunately, Trey Lance will never hit him. All right, guys. Well, let's go ahead. We're going to move to our final segment. We're going to try to get this giveaway in as well. But let's get ready for some Sure Things Sleepers of the Week Rookie Tight End Edition. It's the Sure Things Sleepers of the Week. All right, so what we know about this tight end class right off the rip, guys, is outside of Trey McBride, it's not great. He went 55 off the board of the Cardinals, but he's still behind Zach Ertz. So if you want to take a shot in in a deeper league, I could see it on Trey McBride. However, we just want to talk about some guys who you should be paying attention to, whether you're playing in a 16-team league, whether you're playing in, in, a, in a team with just a very deep bench like Scott Fishbowl, maybe a tight end premium league as well. Just some players that you should be uh, paying attention to. Scott, I want to start with you, man. Who is your sure thing sleeper of the week? Uh, rookie tight end edition, baby. Man, sure thing and rookie tight end are very combative terms. <laughs> um, but, I, I mean, I went down the list. I tried to stay away from the top few, uh, you know, of Trey McBride, but – I'm going with Charlie Kohler from the Baltimore Ravens. And this is a little bit of a tricky one for redraft because, you know, they also got Isaiah likely and obviously they have Mark Andrews. So they have a pretty, and Nick Boyle is still there. So they have a pretty loaded tight end group, but they do throw to the tight end quite a bit. Um, right now ESPN has Kohler as the listed as the tight end three on the team, but I, I believe he will take overtake Nick Boyle who has had lots of injury issues. 
and be the team's tight end too. Um, and he, I mean, he comes from the state of Iowa, not I, not not University of Iowa that spits out Hall of Fame tight ends right and left, but Iowa State. Um, and he was not great uh, at inline blocking. He was good at blocking downfield. Great pass catcher, um, athletic enough. Um, and I was reading uh, the, the guy's name is Mike Band with NFL Next Gen Stats. Um, reading up on Kohler, and he has him as one of his day three. Uh, hidden gems of this draft. He has a couple of metrics, you know, production score and athleticism score and a draft score. And Kohler, the way the way he ranked in those scores in these next gen stats um, was the highest of any day three tight end ever. There's never been a tight there's never been a tight end that went on day three that was this that good in these athletic wow. stats. So I'm just keeping my eye on him. Um, and and it's tough with a tight end behind somebody like Mark Andrews. But being it, it being the Ravens and how much they target the tight end, I mean, he could. Now we're talking rookie tight end sleepers, basically. Um, he could have some relevance. So I'm keeping my eye on him. Because I think if he gets a shot, I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be good in the NFL. And I think the Ravens are a great fit for him. All right. I like that one. I like that one. Ch- Grand Salami, what you got for us, brother? <laughs> uh, I picked Kate Otten out of uh, Washington. And this is interesting because, you know, I think Rob Gronkowski ultimately decides to retire. Um, It it doesn't seem like his heart's in it anymore. And OJ Howard's gone to the Bills. And all you have is is Cameron Bray. So Auden comes in there, first pick off the board in the fourth round. So he gets decent draft capital there. And look, this, this is the guy who played all four years in college. And he has good blocking ability. He can line up in line or as a big slot. And he doesn't really do anything amazing, but he also doesn't have any glaring weaknesses either. So he's the kind of guy that can catch the ball. He has good um, run after catch ability. He's 6'5", 250 pounds. He moves well. But it, it's going to be a bit of a learning curve for him. So I don't know if we're going to see him have a ton of redraft impact right now. But in a year or so, you know, Cambridge's starting to get up there. He's never been, a, a, you know, a, a boom guy anyways. We could see him kind of take a backseat to Otten, who has some athletic ability and athletic burst to him. And we could definitely see him make an make a, uh, impact down the line. I like that. Kate Otten, he's definitely a name to keep in mind, especially if Gronk does retire. Grand Salami hitting it out of the park there. I like that one. Nate. Bring us home here, man. I really like Daniel Bellinger. Great He's situation. a fourth great situation. Evan Ingram's gone. He's behind Ricky Seals, George, Ricky Seals Jones, and Jordan Atkins. Jordan Akins. However, however you pronounce the A-K-I-N-S. Whatever. Here's the thing, though. He is an elite blocking tight end. He's good both in pass blocking and run blocking, which keeps him on the field more often because he's a good ass. Like if they're going to run a lot of play action, try and get Saquon Barkley more involved in the offense, he's going to be on the field because he can block, but then he can play the Evan Ingram role where he's going out, running routes, chip blocking, getting open. He's very talented. I see him having an expanded role in this offense, possibly like back half of the season if he can get a familiarity with Daniel Jones. I'll keep an eye. I'll keep an eye out for him. I like that. I mean, I like, that. like, I'm not saying, like, take him in the third round to tight end premium even. Just, like, keep your eye on him a little. 
Okay. I'm going to go with Jelani Woods. I'm going to bring us home with Jelani Woods here. I like this one. And, I mean, this was definitely the easiest one to probably take. He was the second tight end off the board. Out of Virginia, he goes to the Colts at pick 73 here. And he has a very interesting story behind him. He's a Cedar Grove, California kid, very you know prolific high school out there for sports. Started as a QB, um, ended up going to Oklahoma State University and played a little bit of wide receiver. Didn't do much out there. Ended up transferring to Virginia here in 2021 for his final season. And he lit it up at tight end, guys. 44 receptions, nearly 600 yards, eight touchdowns. It's in the ACC, so not one of the you know top three divisions, I would say, in college football, but still up there. But I think what you like here is you like what he did at the Combine, boys. He's 6'7", he's 260, and he ran a 4.61 40-yard dash, man. Jesus this Christ. guy's almost as, almost as six, fast seven. as more, man. 6'7". Seven. That's not fair. Yeah, and he's the almost as fast as Kyle Moore. I, I mean, yeah, yeah I'm still waiting on the for. Kylan Granson breakout. Come on now. Any day now. Any day now. I'm my taxi squad. And that's exactly what, what, what the issue is here. We have Moak Alley Cox. We have Kyle Granson coming back here for a second season as well. So there is some competition. But if Jelani hmm. Woods has, you know, just anything in the tank, I think we see it here in the rookie season. I'm not someone who's really going to invest in, in dynasty tight ends in redraft later or uh excuse me in dynasty leagues later just because like i don't want them sitting on my bench for two or three years and not doing anything i've been down that road with harrison bryant i had dawson knox sitting (laughs) on my bench for like two three years and then he finally did something after i cut him so it's it's a tough game to play here yeah takes time yeah but if, if there is an opportunity i think it could be jelani woods here Matt Ryan, he's shown in the past, whether it's Tony G, whether it's Austin Hooper or Kyle Pitts, he can get the ball to the tight end. I think the Colts are on the upswing. I think Jelani Walker is going to be a part of that, man. Jelani Woods. Oh, Jelani Woods. My apologies. <laughs> Jelani Walker. Yeah, the next Jelani no, Walker. We, we Kenneth, spent too much time talking about Kenneth Walker. <laughs> no, Ken Walker. Ken Walker. Ken Walker. Ken Walker. Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker. PJ Walker. Skywalker. Luke, Luke Skywalker. Okay, okay. I like, I like this is no, I agree. Already. I agree. I agree, Seth. Out of all the rookie tight ends in redraft, the one I want after McBride is definitely Woods. Let's go, baby. I want Jelani. a six-seven guy that can run a four-six forty. Good lord, Jelani. Yeah, Who doesn't? Right? He's fast. He's fast. I just, I just want to hang out with him. <laughs> I'm, sure yeah. hey. I'm sure he wants to hang out with you too. I'm sure he wants to hang out. Just hope sure he's happy. I'm sure you've Let's seen me on the IBT show, Media. Man. Let's give Jelani yeah. a call. Let's get his agent on the line. Kyle, that's your that's your homework for the oh, week. Oh, he's he's watching right now. Okay. Oh, he probably yeah. is. I would imagine. He's, he's just shy and he's not definitely, in the chat. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> totally. Well, guys, here's the time to get in the chat because we are about to do our giveaway to end the show. That is all we have on these rookies. I'm sure we're going to be talking about them throughout the offseason. But, Sam, thanks so much for joining us, man, for this rookie breakdown. It's been an absolute pleasure, but we do have a giveaway to give. Once again, we're celebrating 200 subscribers on YouTube. Thank you, everybody who has helped us reach that goal. It's been a lot of hard work, a lot of trial and error that's gone into this, but we appreciate it so much. We're going to be giving away a ticket to Draft Night Out, the largest fantasy football draft event within the U.S., in the Dome, baby, up in Canton, Ohio, at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. This is on August 13th. 
Shout out to our guy, Dale DeMott of Eat Sleep Fantasy and the Cooperative Media Network for hooking us up with this giveaway. Guys, I've compiled a list of everyone who's commented in, in a show the last two days here. Um, we got Royal Slade. Ooh. We got Albert. We got Chris Udovich. We got the GMM Network. Our boy, Craig Ruth. Gary Zam. I didn't include any IBT people. Sam, I couldn't include you as well. I know you were in the comments as well. Um, but w- wanted to make this fair. So we're going to give it away. Who you guys got? Any favorites here Here coming into this? I, gotta go I mean, I'm knowing that Royals – first name is actually royal that just like made my week the other day so uh, i'm voting for my boy royal up there in calgary no i i think gary zam's got it okay Okay. i love gary gary i love you you know i have a a gut feeling it's gonna land on gary zam (laughs) olive green or whatever green that is here we go here we go baby for the draft night out ticket thank you for 200 subs everybody here we go the pressure is on Come on. No whammies, no whammies. And it is. Oh, so close. Oh. Oh, The GMM Network. We will be in contact with you. I don't think they're in the chat right now, but we appreciate them tuning in um, to an episode this week. We'll be in touch with that draft night out ticket. It might still be on. If the GMM Network cannot cannot attend draft night out, it might be one of these other uh, couple lucky winners as well. Um, guys, one more time, thank you so much. Nate, you're my ride or die. You've been with me this week. It's been a fun double feature. <coughs> Kyle in the back end as well, holding it down as always, man. So shout out to you guys. Scott, thank you for bringing your uh, fantasy analysis tonight as well. It was good to hang out with you, Sam. I don't think I've done a pod with you before. No, it's the first time it's for fun. everything. It's fun. Absolutely. First time for everything. I just like yeah. hearing myself talk. So <laughs> <laughs> don't Sammy. we all though? Yes. Well, well tell we us all. where else they can hear you talk, this, right? <laughs> Tell us where else we can hear you talk. Tell us whatever else you have going on this summer, man. Where do you talk? Yep. You guys can always find me on Twitter yelling about one thing or another, golf, fantasy football, life, whatever it is. Uh over on Twitter at Swagman95. Uh, all my written work right now over at Rotoballer and my audio work over at High Floor Football at High Floor FB. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Sam, for tuning in. Check him out at, over at Rotoballer over at High Floor Football. We appreciate that. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in these last couple of days. We'll be back here in two weeks. we got a couple loaded shows coming for you this summer. For Scott, for Sam, for Nate, I'm Seth Wilcock. And keep it in between until next time, folks. We'll be back soon. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice.